and welcome back to the movies. I'm your host, Daniel Berrios, and today I am very excited to talk about Prey. Why do you want to hunt? Because you all think that I can't. I saw a sign in the sky. I'm ready. something out there. I'm coming with you. You can't. I'm trying to protect you. Protect me from what? It's time. Directed by Dan Trattenberg. It's the newest installment in the Predator series, and it takes place, I want to say, in the early 1700s, uh, following a Comanche girl named Naru, played by Amber Midthunder, who is you know, defying the rules of her tribe. She wants to be a hunter. Uh, one of my favorite parts of this movie is she wants to be a hunter out of spite. <laughs> There's the one line that you heard in the trailer where she's like, why do you... She answers the question from her mom, like, what do you want to hunt? Because you all think I can't. And God, have I found that spite in this life is just one of the great motivators. Is it petty? Absolutely. But does it make you feel so much better once you've actually accomplished the thing just because you get to not only feel the sense of personal accomplishment, but also you get to stick it a little to the people who doubted you. It's perfect. Anyway, she wants to be a hunter. She wants to go on this trial that her brother, Tabe, uh, played by Dakota Beavers, he's uh, kind of like the big head honcho dude of the tribe. Who He's not the chief, but you know he's looking like he's on the path. But he's telling her like, hey, I'm cool with you doing what you need to do, but you need to 
you know, find your child. You need to find that animal, look them in the eye, basically say, you go no further, this is where your story ends. So she's trying to build up her skills. She's not great at it. She can get her ass kicked pretty easily. But the one thing she has going for her is that she's super smart. She knows how to track animals. She knows how to look at all the details and be like, wait a second, this person, this animal hunts like this. And based on like this kind of dropping here, I can figure out that this animal was here a long time ago. So she's really smart, figures things out. And then the predator shows up. That's pretty much how the movie goes. Like it's her living her normal life, wanting to do this thing. And then there's the predator drops from outer space. So now you've got this Comanche girl and all of her skills showing up against the weird, I would say fish out of water, but it's more like a dreaded, like lobster faced thing from space. And uh, that uh, kind of ends up becoming her totem, so to speak. Uh, it's a lot of the movie is her looking at the clues and the tracks that the predator is leaving behind, and her freaking out because like this is stuff she's never seen before. Nobody really believes her that there's something really dangerous out there because you know that's how these type of things go. And the whole movie is about her trying to figure out and. Uh, trying to figure out what this thing is and once she does how to kill it you know if it bleeds we can kill it and i think what i love about this one so much and i mean it's built directly into the title prey that this is so much of a movie about someone on the ropes not dissimilar to the way that Schwarzenegger was in 87 because in that movie it's it's a completely different thing I mean that thing's an action movie that turns into a slasher movie halfway through but the actual characters are the best of the best at what they do and this one clearly isn't they don't approach uh Naru's character from the point of view of she knows everything or she's like the baddest of asses going up against another baddest of asses she is somebody who has to take a while to learn what how to handle things but i love that this is a movie about learning it's a movie about literal survival that she's out here looking at whatever the predator is doing to other things you know one of the big parts of the movie is this grizzly bear attack and <laughs> naru is equipped with an axe and a dog named sari and you know this entire grizzly bear fight all i'm thinking about is that guy on tiktok who's like making educational content about animals how he's talking about how a grizzly bear could completely disintegrate a gorilla and i'm just watching this like five foot something very tiny teenager going up against a fucking eight foot like three thousand pound grizzly bear with murder claws and i'm just like all right i don't think that's gonna work out but it's such a great uh visual watching her like try to figure out and survive and learn what uh she needs to do in order to take something out and her learning from the lessons that she sees uh other people fail at these people approach the predator with this i'm gonna 
do my final stand kind of thing. Like, I'm the one that's going to take you out. And part of what I love about this movie, and specifically about the characterization of the Predator, is that through... The Predator played by Dana... I did not find a pronunciation of this last name. So it's either Deligro or Diliagro. Dane Diliagro. One of the things I love about the characterization about the Predator in this one is that it is braggadocious. A little bit more so than I noticed in the first film. By the way, for context, I've only seen 87 and Prey. Everything in between I've yet to tackle i will at some point but i've yet to tackle what i love about this is that the predator will just wait and watch until like he's looking at a snake and the snake is hunting this mouse and then the snake does what it does to the mouse and it's not until that moment until the snake proves itself to be a predator in that dynamic to be something that hunts that the predator goes all right now it's time to have my fun and knowing with like this bit of arrogance that like it is the baddest of asses but it's only hunting for things that it considers to be fun a challenge you know the trailer you can't hear it in podcast you can't see it in podcast form but it says something like uh, it lives to hunt it's literally just out here to fuck things up for the shit of it for the fun and while in the other movie, I, I can't really explain. Maybe it's just the body language in the 87 movie versus this one. I felt in this one that the Predator is just kind of hanging back a bit. It's loose. It's almost like uh, it's almost like watching Ali fight. That it's just kind of dancing and teasing a little bit more. And every hit is a kill blow. It's, it's not, like, fucking around, you know? It's not trying to be flashy or anything. It just knows, like, with one good swipe or a shot or the little, like, head cannon thing, it's just going to take somebody out. And uh, in, like, this group dynamic, it will enjoy the fact that it can, like, grab someone's head and just, like, slam it into the ground. And, you know, there's no risk to the Predator fighting here. And something I really loved about the uh, Diliegro's performance is just that physicality, that dominance and confidence that the Predator has. Despite this taking place 300 years before the 87 movie, like this is not even Predator at its like most fancy, its fullest. It's got this helmet which looks kind of like a mix between paper pache and looks like it maybe like adapted the mask from a skull that it is picked up along the way like i don't know if this is something that was made from a creature on the predator's planet or somewhere else but it's like the predator morphed this helmet attached that little uh, laser cannon to it the little like infrared you point the three dots and boom whatever is pointed at it dies and i there's a more rustic approach to its armor which helps it actually hide a little bit better because it fits in a lot with the natural world but also that sort of like rudimentary it looks uh, people have dubbed this the feral predator and it very much feels like that 
a little bit more unhinged, less polished, ready to just fuck shit up as opposed to go for like the big game trophy. You know, I feel like uh how do we how do you explain this one? It's more like this predator in its house would hold, you know, the uh how do I, how do I explain this? It's more like this predator would just like collect the bones and just lay them on the counter on his table. Whereas the predator from 87 would end up taking the time to like go to the taxidermist, the alien taxidermist, and put up all these trophies and wear like a smoking jacket and talk to you through like clicks and parry the platypus noises about the stories and the, you know, it's that moment whenever you look in an animal's eyes and you see the fear that it returns you to nature and it reminds you that you are the same as it and in that moment it's do or do not or kill or be killed like that pretentious uh type of bullshit that goes on with very much of these uh like man is the most dangerous game movies i feel like the predator is a little bit more refined in the 87 version there's the more chrome and the steel approach to it. it's very much like a sci-fi armor as opposed to this one which just feels more cobbled and of the area and you know there could be an argument that the predator had just hung out on earth for a while and maybe that helmet is made out of like an elephant skull or like another grizzly bear skull that has stumbled across before it hang hung out in a uh, Nauru's part of the woods it's less of a there was something that started bugging me when I was watching the movie and I kind of settled on it being okay where in the 87 movie you don't see the predator for a long time even like a hint of really the predator itself you might have seen the, the heat vision but there's more of the physical body of the predator in this one and there's a very big understanding like oh this is the thing that's coming and that's because this isn't a movie where it's reliant on the reveal it's reliant on the dynamics of hunting seeing both of these characters naru and the predator figure out things about each other and tracking each other through whatever clues each of them have left behind it's very much a cat and mouse and watching that hunting skill develop between the both of them is fascinating more so with naru because she has is at a disadvantage and you know she gets her ass beat in this thing from pretty much anything she's going up against mountain lions bears the predator other people you've got uh these french fur trappers that she's going up against and she's always at a disadvantage with them but she's always watching and something i loved about mid thunder's performance is just those eyes are always tracking always looking at the details somebody's trying to like poke her through a cage she's not watching them she's watching the spear she's watching when is the moment that she can strike turn the tables to her advantage when can she escape how are these people approaching the predator and how are these people approaching me and how can i use their weaknesses to my advantage so it's very much a movie about learning and trial and error and 
we see like her training montage and even the training montage she's fucking up but watching her refine her methods like she's got this axe that has a, a string at the end of it a rope at the end of it and watching her develop that is just fun i like the tactility of stuff like that and uh it helps too that a lot of this is filmed on a location like a real forest it doesn't look like a green screen for most of it and you're getting these gorgeous landscape shots it's reminding me more of like the revenant than anything and being able to kind of like be entrenched in this world and lose myself in it and have that moment where you're kind of alone in the forest so you have places to run and hide but you know you can't really run and hide for long that anywhere the predator could be like right behind you because it'll it'll sneak up on you it's not like it's rampaging through the woods necessarily it'll sneak up on you and once it gets you in a position where you want to go one-on-one that's when you know you gotta step up and be in there so i guess the horror is more of uh the barrage of stuff that's coming against naru and her always being on the disadvantage and her always never really having a chance to breathe and calm down but part of the fun of this is that she's also operating out of that spite and out of that like will to live and protect her family and her tribe so she's out there just fucking gunning it i did watch this with the comanche dub on hulu it's not the first thing you can find whenever you go to the platform if you press play you're just going to get the english version but you have to go down into special features kind of like scroll over and it'll say comanche dub on one tab excuse me and from there it it feels kind of like you're watching a godzilla movie because the actors are speaking english you can see their mouth move in english but you can hear the dub in comanche Uh, that experience was good for me to have i don't know it just felt like i connected a little bit better to the world and it was nice in a movie that uh it was just nice having that uh, that experience with it. Better able to connect connect to the characters, connect to the world, and just listen to how the Comanche, um, the language sounds. Like, I've never heard it. And so experiencing that in a climate where it's so easy to just have a period piece be, like, English folks. Like, I watched a movie the other day where these characters were all supposed to have russian accents but they like mix between irish and english and like the like shakespearean the globe theater like type of shit and you know having that authenticity of the language of the characters and being able to experience that and not having that hinder the plot in any way because so much of this is told through performance and body language and just the action of what's going on. I don't know, it helped bring the world closer together to me. I really like the score, Sarah Schachner's score, which is mixing this sort of orchestral, heroic stuff with the more uh, traditional woody elements 
and you've got like a little bit of brass that's kind of distorted that's giving a little bit more of the sci-fi. I really like the blend that's going on in here. And I've been listening to it kind of like weirdly enough it's like sleepy time music. And it just it just works. There's something kind of soothing and yet inspiring about the soundtrack that just I, I like the way it blends all these elements together. It's a very easy movie to fall in love with, I've noticed. Just uh, if you like adventures, if you like a character uh, staving off against the odds, if you like somebody who's like underestimated and the reason she's able to last so long is because she doesn't approach the predator with this mentality that I could beat you. She doesn't approach it that way, which gives her the time to really learn how to actually beat the Predator and really hold her own. I like that, in a way, the way to beat the baddest of asses is to present yourself as the meekest of people, meekest of beings, to not seem like a threat. And the whole movie is built around this person who is not a threat who is not able to really take these people on one by one one on one like face on or head on sorry jesus i'm i'm tired today i just woke up but uh the person that can't take these enemies on head on has to win in a different way and watching them win in a different way or watching them go through that journey is something that's just fun and fresh to watch and amber mid thunder is just such a force in this thing watching her just claw and like scratch and get herself dirty and dig and like sprint and it's such a physical film it feels exhausting watching it in a, in a good way and then also having her care so deeply about her people and really want to protect them at all odds and just having that spite and that anger and that love fuel her the entire way it's a great hero man and it's one of those movies that's like i said super easy to just get into follow the journey follow the story and the character and you got a really cute dog in the middle of it so you know what that's what makes prey fucking awesome it's just a fucking awesome movie it's one of those movies that I've been thinking about for the last month now, and yeah, it still fucking tracks, it still fucking rules. I wish I would have seen this in a theater just because I want that big sound system on this, but you know, maybe when Oscar season rolls around and Disney is trying to figure out what to throw in like the technical categories, maybe they'll, you know, campaign this thing and put it in theaters. Who knows? But anyway, that was it for me and Prey. Thank you very much for listening. If you want to follow me on Twitter, please do so at the movies underscore pod. And until next time, friends, you all take care.